Okay. Um, hello. Oh, Haribo, Akura. Have I done everything right? Oh, I need to. Was there something I need to do for you as well? Okay, cool. All right. Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Dena Tasmai Shri Gurave Maha Mukankaroti Vachalam Pangum Langhaya Tegirin Jakrapa Tamahang Bande Shri Gurun Dimatara Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Dena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadana Hindadati Sopadantika Pancha Kalpa Tarubhyas Chakrapa Sambhobhya Evacha so um, today um, we'll discuss more about the Rasa Lila and what I particularly, well, what I've uh, chosen to do today is um, discuss the Gopi Gita that we find in chapter uh, 31 of the 10th uh, canto of the Bhagavatam. <clears throat> so this is at the center of the Rasa Panchajayi. And as I think we discussed last week, at a certain point, Krishna begins to think perhaps the gopis are feeling a little proud of themselves and he goes off with one particular gopi, um, whom we know to be uh, Sri Radha, and uh, leaves the others behind. And uh, and then after that, you know, they're trying to find Krishna, of course. And um, then at a certain point, uh, they see that he has um, stopped to. Um, spend some time with Radharani. They see signs that uh, he has decorated her hair. They see signs that he has carried her um, because the impressions of his foot, feet are um, more deeply in the, uh, in the dust. And then they see signs that um, he has left her, um, perhaps um, to curb her pride as well at uh, feeling so special. Now she is, but this is Krishna's pastime in order to, this is a new deepener, um, uh, an excitant um, to the gopis uh, prema. It increases their, their um, love uh, even more. And we'll see as we go through these 19 prayers, um, how different voices uh, um, among the gopis express different sentiments um, and they um, occasionally seem to be losing their minds a little. Uh, their uh, talk um, may feel a little unhinged at times because we don't know if they're praising Krishna um, or uh, criticizing Krishna or especially as we see in the second verse, accusing, outright accusing Krishna. Well, and we see in later verses as well, where Krishna is 
uh, the gopis are uh, outright accusing Krishna of different kinds of misbehavior. So um, I see if I can do this. Yes. Um, so I, th um, I wanted to start by chanting these 19 verses. Um, this is something that I've been doing um, every day during Kartik for, I don't know, many years, I guess. And um, I honestly don't remember which year I, I began. And as I think I might have mentioned this year, I've been joined by some um, other devotees, younger devotees um, in, in chanting. There are a couple who've been steadfast and, and uh, chanted with me every day. One in particular, never missed a day. And uh, uh, another misses only uh, because his, sometimes his service doesn't allow him to get uh, uh, back with us uh, when at the time that we, that we chant together. So there are a couple of things that I'd like to point out um, just about the verses. So the verses, all, all the verses except for the last are written in, an 11, in a tristu meter um, called um, Svagata. And you know, we may recognize Svagata, it's uh, related to the word Svagata, which is welcome. So I just find that an interesting uh, name for this meter. Um, so it has 11 syllables per half line or pada. Um, there are um, a couple of other features about the way these verses are constructed, and it's not 100% consistent, but we'll see two things. One is that the second syllable of each pada, each half line, begins with the same sound. So here it's ya, shayati, uh, jayati, shayata, daita, twayi. So it starts with yeah, starts with the Y sound. And, and we'll see that's pretty consistent. Shada dudashaya, sada, sada si jodara, surata, varada. Um, so um, that's one feature. The other feature is that in many uh, verses, uh, the first and seventh syllables in each pada or half line uh, begin with the same sound. So jayati te dikam janmana braja shayata indira shashvaratrahi daita drushitam dikshutavakas tvai vritasavas tvangvichinvate. So that strikes me as very clever and it's something that a couple of the um, uh, of our acharyas have pointed out um, in their commentaries um, uh, on the verses of this chapter, uh, the Gopi Gita. Now the last verse, I'm gonna scroll down real quickly to the last verse. The last verse is not in this um, Tristu meter, in this Svagata meter. It's actually in, an, a, four, in a 14 syllable meter called Vasanta uh, Tilaka, uh, as best as I can, the best I can determine. And Vasanta uh, Tilaka means springtime ornament. So chanting that um, is a, uh, that last verse, especially after we get the rhythm 
of the Svagata meter um, shifting to that, um, especially using the kind of the same tune, same-ish tune, um, can be a little tricky. And so when, when I started, uh, when I, when I um, asked a couple of devotees if they wanted to join me in chanting Gopi Gita uh, every day, you know, I thought, yeah, you know, I'm the grandpa, um, I'll chant the Sanskrit and they can chant the, uh, you know, they can, they can uh, rotate reading the English translations. But maybe the third or fourth day, I heard one of the devotees chanting underneath me. Had, that devotee had the tune, had the meter, everything was right on. So the next day, I just asked, um, well, I asked that devotee, first I asked that devotee, and then I thought, well, there are only two or three devotees there that day. And, and I thought, they can all do this. So for a while, um, we, uh, you know, more than two weeks, I guess, we were uh, rotating and, and they were chanting this, they would chant the Sanskrit and, and then uh, read the uh, translation. And then the last week or so, we've been chanting the whole thing together. And um, it's been, uh, it's, it's anyway, it's just really nice um, uh, doing it like that. Um, and uh, the tune that I, I don't remember if this is a, I think this is a tune I must have heard and how I dealt with uh, text, how, with verse 19, I don't remember whether someone showed me that some years ago or whether I worked it out. Um, but at first the devotees, some of the devotees had a, uh, uh, when we were rotating the Sanskrit, some of the devotees had difficulty adapting to, to verse 19. And a couple of devotees would look at how many were around the table and then start calculating, okay, who's going to end up with verse 19 and they would there would be much uh, well half joking uh, trepidation I think um, about who was going to get uh, verse 19 and then when one of the other devotees one of the new devotees nailed it everybody thought okay so it's a joke uh, it's a joke for us but it's not a joke for Maharaj it's not a joke for this devotee um, and then everybody pretty much got it finally um, toward the end. So we'll see um, how that goes. I have a couple of these verses highlighted. Um, I don't remember why I highlighted verse four. I do know why I highlighted verse nine. And uh, we'll discuss that when uh, we come back and talk about the verses um, with some of the comments that um, our acharyas have made. Um, okay, so here it goes. I haven't done this uh, on the air before or whatever I am, uh, wherever I am on the, on the interwebs. So um, I might uh, be a little nervous. Gopya uchu, chayati te tikam janmana brajaha, shayata indira shashvaratrahi, dayata drushyatam dikshutavakas, the gopi said, O oh, beloved, your birth in the land of Raja has made it exceedingly glorious. And thus India, the goddess of fortune, always resides here. It is only for your sake that we, your devoted servants, maintain our lives. We have been searching everywhere for you. So please show yourself to us. 
Shadu Dashaye, Sadhu Jata Sat, Sadasi Jodara, Sri Mushadrasha, Suratanatate, Sukadasika, Varadanignato, Neha King Badaha. O Lord of Love, in beauty, your glance excels the whorl of the finest, most perfectly formed lotus within the autumn palm. O bestower of benedictions, you are killing the maidservants who have given themselves to you freely without any price. Isn't this murder? So here we are, text two, the verse, second verse, and already the accusations come up, and they're accusing him of murder. Vishajalapyayad, Vyala Rakshasad, Varshamarutad, Vaidupanalat, Vishamayat Majad, Vishvatobhayad, Vrishapatevayam Rakshita Muhu. O greatest of personalities, you have repeatedly saved us from all kinds of danger, from poisoned water, from the terrible man eater Agha, from the great rains, from the wind demon from the fiery thunderbolt of Indra, from the bold demon, and from the son of Maya Dharma. Vakalaropika nandano bhavan, akhiladehi namantaratmadrik, vikanasartito vishvaguptaye, sakaudehivan satvatankule. You are not actually the son of the Gopi Yashoda, O friend, but rather the indwelling witness in the hearts of all embodied souls. Because Lord Brahma prayed for you to come, protect the universe, you have now appeared in the Sattvata dynasty. Virichitabhayam vishniduryate chadanam yushan samsriter bhayat kadasaroruham kantakamadam shirasithehina shikaragraham O best of the Brishnis, your lotus-like hand, which holds the hand of the goddess of fortune, grants fearlessness to those who approach your feet out of fear of material existence. O lover, please place that wish-fulfilling lotus hand on our heads. Rajajanartihan virayoshitam nijajanasmayad vansanasmita bhajasake bhavat Oh, you who destroy the suffering of Raja's people. Uh-oh, we've got a Akura. Okay. Oh, you who destroy the suffering of Raja's people. Oh, hero of all women. Your smile shatters the false pride of your devotees. Please, dear friend, accept us as your maidservants and show us your beautiful lotus face. Pranatadehinam papakarshanam turnacharanugam sriniketanam anipanarpitam tepadambujam pranukucheshunakandihuchayam your lotus feet destroy the past sins of all embodied souls who surrender to them. Those feet follow after the cows in the pastures and are the eternal abode of the goddess of fortune. Excuse me. 
Since you once put those feet on the hoods of the great serpent Kalia, please place them on our breasts and tear away the lust in our hearts. Madhuriya gira valguvakyaya Udamanogyaya Pushkarekshanam Vitikarima Vira Mugyati Adharasiduna Pyaya Yasvana. O Lotus Eyed One, your sweet voice and charming words, which attract the minds of the intelligent, are bewildering us more and more. Our dear hero, please revive your maidservants with the nectar of your lips. Excuse me. Tabakatam mitam tapta jivanam kavibhiriritam kalmasapaham shravanamangalam shrimaratatam huvigranantiye bhuridajana The nectar of your words and the description of your activities are the life and soul of those suffering in this material world. These narrations transmitted by learned sages eradicate one's sinful reactions and bestow good fortune upon whoever hears them. These narrations are broadcast all over the world and are filled with spiritual power. Certainly those who spread the message of Godhead are most munificent. Prahasitam priya prema vikshanam viharanam chate dhyanamangalam rahasisam vedo yahrdispusha uhakanomanakshobhayantihi Your smiles, your sweet loving glances, the intimate pastimes and confidential talks we enjoyed with you. All these are auspicious to meditate upon and they touch our hearts. But at the same time, O oh deceiver, they very much agitate our minds. Dear master, dear lover, when you leave the cowherd village to herd the cows, our minds are disturbed with the thought that your feet, more beautiful than a lotus, will be pricked by the spiked husks of grain and the rough grass and plants. At the end of the day, you repeatedly show us your lotus face, covered with dark blue locks of hair and thickly powdered with dust. Thus, O hero, you arouse lusty desires in our mouth. Ranatakamadam padmajarchitam dharani mandanam dheyamapadi jaranapankajam shantamanchate ramananastane svartayadhiham. Your lotus feet, which are worshipped by Lord Kama 
fulfill the desires of all who bow down to them. They are the ornaments of the earth. They give the highest satisfaction. And in times of uh, danger, they are the appropriate object of meditation. O lover, O destroyer of anxiety, please put those lotus feet upon our breasts. Surata Vardhanam Shokanashanam Swarati Venuna Sushtuchumbitam Itaragavismaranam Vitaraviranastadharamritam O hero, kindly distribute to us the nectar of your lips, which enhances conjugal pleasure and vanquishes grief. <laughs> Surata Vardhanam Produces that which is uh, pleasurable and uh, shokanash vanquishes um, lamentation or grief. Um, the ne this, that nectar is thoroughly relished by your vibrating flute and makes people forget any other attachment. When you go off to the forest during the day, a tiny fraction of a second becomes like a millennium. I highlighted this in another copy. Let me come back to that phrase there. When you go off to the forest during the day, a tiny fraction of a second becomes like a millennium for us because we cannot see you. And even when we can eagerly look upon your lotus, uh, your beautiful face, so lovely with its adornment of curly locks, our pleasure is hindered by our eyelids, which were fashioned by the foolish creator. Dear Achuta, you know very well why we have come here. Who but a cheater like you would abandon young women who come to see him in the middle of the night, enchanted by the loud song of his flute? Just to see you. We have completely rejected our husbands, children, ancestors, brothers, and other relatives. Rahasisan vidam prachayodayam prahasitananam prema vikshanam brihadarushriya brihadurashriya vikshadhamate muhurati spriha mukhite mana. Our minds are repeatedly bewildered as we think of the intimate conversations we had with you in secret. Feel the rise of lust in our hearts. Remember your smiling face, your loving glances, and your broad chest, the resting place of the goddess of fortune. Thus we experience the most severe hankering for you. Vishvamangalam 
Svajana Hridrujanya Nishudanam. Oh, beloved, your all auspicious appearance vanquishes the distress of those living in Braja's forests. Our minds long for your association. Please give to us just a bit of that medicine which counteracts the disease in your devotees' hearts. Yate sujata charanam buruham staneshu, vita shanai priyadadhi mahikara keshu, te atasiyat yatate na king svit, kupadi bir brahmati dir bhavadayusunaham. Oh, dearly beloved, your feet are so soft that we place them gently on our breasts, fearing that your feet will be hurt. Our life rests only in you. Our minds, therefore, are filled with anxiety that your tender feet might be wounded by pebbles as you roam about on the forest path. So, um, So we have, um, you know, these 19 verses of um, praise, um, um, anger, indignation, um, accusation, even. Um, they accuse him of being a cheater, a cad. Who but a cheater would leave us, you know, would come uh, and call us in the middle of the night and then leave us, leave us uh, high and dry. Um, so um, I'm going to go through and take a look at um, some of the Acharya's comments on some of these verses. What we see is that sometimes, even in the same words, um, all these things are there. The, um, the praise, the accusation, the longing, humility. We even see humility um, in, in the gopis. But in the sometimes, even in the same words, we see indignation, haughtiness, and, and uh, uh, anger, even accusation. So in the first verse, Jayatite dikam janmana prajasvayata indira shasvaratahi dayati dushitam dikshutartas vaidutasavas tondachendate. Your birth in the land of Raja has made it exceedingly glorious. Um, and thus, Indira. The goddess of fortune, Indira is another name for Lakshmi, always resides here. It is only for your sake that we, your devoted servants, maintain our lives. We have been searching everywhere for you, so please show yourself to us. So in this right here, we see um, a couple of things. One is they start out by glorifying Braja because he's taken birth there. And this is the place where even the goddess of fortune um, Lakshmi has come to take shelter. Um, so, and then they, they point out, uh, now we're going to hear, uh, as we saw in the verses, we're going to hear them talk about lust. Place your lotus feet on our breasts and tear out the lust in our hearts. You're awakening lust in us. Um, it's, and, uh, um, we see that in two or three of the verses. And, um, but that lust, that comma, uh, as, as we see, we'll see in a verse, Kamadam, is actually not the same as material lust. It's a passion, it's a lust, it's a greed, 
for giving pleasure to Krishna. You'll see as we look at some of these through the um, eyes of our acharyas, we see that the gopis' lives are all about Krishna. And, and that cult, we see that um, come to kind of that idea, come to a crescendo in the last verse. Um, so it is only for your so sake that we maintain our lives. And now they say, we've been searching everywhere for you. So please show yourself to us. So after having been left during the Rasa dance, they're looking everywhere frantically like crazy ladies um, uh, trying to find Krishna. And um, so now they're asking him, please just, just show yourself to us. We can't stand this separation. And we'll see how intense that separation is in some of these verses. Um, uh, and in their commentaries, the acharyas point out the commentaries on the first verse, the uh, a couple of the acharyas, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur and Jiva Goswami, especially point out um, the repetition of the sounds in the second syllable of each pada and in the first and seventh syllables of most of the padas. And then the second Sadadudashaya Sadhujata Sadasi Jodara Sri Mashadusha Suratanatate Shukadasika Varanta Nignato Nikindra. In beauty, your glance excels the quarrel of the finest, most perfectly formed lotus within the autumn pond. O bestower of benedictions, you are killing the maidservants who have given themselves to you freely without any price. Isn't this murder? So they're accusing Krishna by being a thief. Um, the beauty of his glance um, actually you know, steals their hearts. Um, another verse that I'm thinking, um, and, and, and actually killing them. Um, so, um, so Krishna says, in Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has Krishna saying, and sometimes he sets up these dialogues where sangshayas or doubts are being presented and then they're answered by the respondents. How can you conclude that I desire to see your suffering? And then they respond, not only do you want to see us suffer, but you are killing us. The glance of your eyes, by the glance of your eyes, you're calling us for lovemaking, giving us happiness by your glances, which are emanating the blazing fire of Prema. You're killing servants who were purchased for free. Certainly murder doesn't need a weapon. So this is, you know, this is not um, uh, a good thing. Um, so, you know, we see uh, um, a little bit um, of the madness that comes up um, in their uh, in their singing uh, phrases. Oh, maybe maybe I can share something else. Oh, I had, let me see. Oh, 
anyway, I had a um, head open uh, a copy of Mahavir Swami's picture uh, that was done for um, Aesthetic Vedanta um, of their gopis singing their kirtan. And that's what this is. This, um, this is the ultimate kirtan. And I remember uh, that back in uh, 1970, when I first read, uh, was reading the Krishna book, and I got, especially, I got to this chapter. Um, I remember reading Srila Prabhupada's translation of the gopis kirtan and thinking, um, wow, um, these gopis are the original blues singers. Uh, you know, there are these themes that we hear in blues music about you know, being disappointed and being betrayed in love and things like that. And I just thought, wow, the gopis are the original you know, blues uh, singers. Uh, so, um, and the, the picture is really charming. I thought I had it opened and now I just can't um just can't find it. Um try one one more time just for a moment. Mm. See if I can find this thing. Oh, anyway, I just, I don't see it, but I thought it would be nice to have that on the screen as we're discussing, because you see the gopis um, singing their kirtan, and behind the tree, Krishna's peeking around from behind the trunk, trunk of the tree, and he's listening um, with great pleasure uh, to the gopis' kirtan, and we see that the kirtan um, builds as we go through these verses, so in text in verse oh oh uh, somebody did i do that no i did that Maharaj. oh thank you very much um yeah so we see here um krishna is speaking uh, uh from behind the trunk of the tree uh, as the gopis conduct their um kirtan get back to the text here. So in the third verse, they sing, Vishajalapya Bhyala Rakshasad Varsha Marutad Vajutanala, Vishamayatmajad Vishvatobhaya, Vishabate Vayan Rakshatamadhuri. You have repeatedly saved us from all kinds of danger, from poisoned water, from the terrible man-eater Agha, uh, from the great rains, from the wind demon, from the fiery thunderbolt of Indra, from the bull demon, and from the sun of Maya Dhanava. And um, so they're thinking, okay, so we've been protected by you as part of your business of generally protecting the uh, uh, residents of Vrindavan. Um, so you know, now uh, we want you to protect us from, uh, from this uh, pain of separation as well. Just show yourself to us. Um, 
So this son of uh, the demon uh, Maya, Maya Danava is Vyomasura. Um, and um, so all these different uh, demons are listed um, and um, it kind of, you know, kind of builds the uh, tenor um, of the uh, of that particular verse kind of builds uh, as we go as we go through it. And the fourth one, Nakala Gopikanandano Pavan, Akila Dehinam, Antaratmatrik, Bikanasartito Vishvaguptaya, Saka Udevan, Satatamkile. You're not actually the son of the Gopi Yashoda, O friend, but rather the indwelling witness within the hearts of all embodied souls. Because Lord Brahma prayed for you to come and protect the universe, you have now appeared in the Satvata dynasty. So they're saying to Krishna, uh, they're, they're now that they're, they've just said something really harsh to him, that he's a murderer, he's a cheater. Um, um, so now they're, in a sense, um, on, in one reading, they're backing up a little. Um, so Krishna might say, according to Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, you're thinking without having thoroughly thought this through. I, the son of Nanda, I'm the, the source of all bliss, yet you accuse me of the sin of killing women and destroying faith. Therefore, I will leave this place and hide myself so that for many births you will not see me. So this is what they're anticipating in re, uh, Krishna saying in response to, his, uh, to, to their accusations. So now they're saying, oh, oh you're not actually the son of the Catholic woman, uh, Yashoda, but really you're the Antaryama, you're the soul in, in, every, uh, in the heart of every living entity. And, he, and so then he might say, well, if you know that, why do you say such harsh things to me? And um, so, you know, they respond uh, in, a, in a couple of ways, Vishwanath suggests. Well, you're smothering us in the ocean of Sakya Rasa. You protect the whole universe as a friend. You should also protect those of us who reside within the universe. Or, look, one cannot find such suffering of the goat. One can't find suffering uh, the goat. One can't find suffering such as the gopis are enduring among all men, devas, animals, or birds. Yet seeing our suffering, you're blissful. Therefore, we have to conclude that you didn't appear in the womb of Yashoda because she's sensible. She's sensitive to a particle of suffering in others. We don't see any of her good qualities in you. Oh, then who am I? Uh, we think you're the Antaryami. Therefore, as the Antaryami, who simply witnesses everyone's suffering and enjoyment, then it's obvious as the Antaryami, you're indifferent to everybody. So therefore, perhaps you're the indifference, your indifference to our suffering is, um, is natural. Uh, Jiva Goswami goes through and analyzes different parts of this uh, verse that might be seen as negative, might be seen as a complaint but he ends his commentary by saying, or the negative can be applied to all statements in the verse. And he really breaks it down. You are not a friend. Perhaps you're not the son of Yashoda. Otherwise you wouldn't be indifferent to us. You're not the Antaryami of all beings. Otherwise you would know about our suffering. 
Brahma did not pray for you to protect the universe. Otherwise, you would have protected us. You did not take birth in a family of devotees, the Sattva dynasty. Otherwise, you would display unconditional mercy. So this is, um, you know, this is the, uh, we, all, we see already the, the pitch of the gopis anxiety building. Um, and, and they're speaking like uh, mad, mad people. And then in five, they sing, which is given as um, fulfilling our desires. Um, oh, best of the Rishnis, your lotus-like hand, which holds the hand of the goddess of fortune, grants fearlessness to those who approach your feet out of fear of material existence. Please place, um, uh, therefore, O oh lover, please place that wish-fulfilling lotus hand on our heads. So they're asking Krishna to place that hand, which holds the hand of the goddess of fortune on their heads, um, because of the impressions on the hand of the chakra and the gutta, they destroy fear. And um, so they're asking Krishna to place that his lotus hands on their heads to destroy any fear they have. Do they really have fear of the material world? Not these ladies. These ladies' only fear is that they won't be able to see Krishna again. This is their overwhelming anxiety. And so they sing, Oh, you who destroy the suffering of Raja's people, oh hero of all women, your smile shatters the false pride of your devotees. Please, dear friend, accept us as your maidservants and show us your beautiful lotus face. So uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, um, other gopis said, so we hear the voices of different gopis. And there are different moods among the gopis. There are two broad ones, the right-wing gopis um, uh, following Chandravali. They're um, a little more submissive than the left-wing gopis, the Bama gopis following um, Shiradha. And uh, they're a little more, not submissive uh, generally, a little more saucy sometimes. Um, Radharani and uh, Lalita especially can um, deal with Krishna in quite a haughty way, really. Um, cow him. Um, so there's, please take away the pain arising from the arrows of Cupid and the women of Raja by your smile, but not the pain of other women in Swarga and elsewhere. Um, they're riding on their planes uh, and um, they still fainted from the pain of lust and their belts loosened. So then your smile destroys the pride of your devotee. He says, okay, so what boon would you like? Please honor us. Um, please honor your servants. He says, if you're my servants, why are you giving me the order to serve you? And then they say, serve us just by showing us your attractive lotus face. In other words, just let us see you again. And we'll see as we get to go through this um, that they know that by their seeing, that, that their seeing him gives Krishna pleasure because then he is also looking at them. Uh, we'll see, especially when we get to 
the text 18, that it, it really is all about Krishna. Your lotus feet destroy the past sins of all the embodied souls who surrender to them. Those feet follow after the cows in the pastures and are the eternal abode of the goddess of fortune. Since you put those feet on the hoods of the great serpent Kaliya, please place them upon our breasts and tear away the lust in our hearts. Um, so here, um, Krishna, you know, when, the, when, when uh, uh, this crooked speech, this parokshavad that, that we see here, uh, they're, they're speaking not, not directly what it is they actually want. This is um, this kind of indirect speech, this speaking in code is actually um, a feature of, of, of the highest love. This is we see sometimes really good friends or, or lovers or husband and wife partners. Um, you know, they may have some things that they say that other people may not understand. But for them, it reminds them of you know, stuff that they've done together, or it reminds them of things they're planning to do together, or it just reminds them of uh, special features of, of, of their love for each other. So here they're speaking indirectly. Um, and Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, as long as the light of Prema does not show itself explicitly, it keeps the hearts of the two lovers lit constantly. But when it goes out through the door of the mouth quickly, it gets extinguished or becomes feeble. So sometimes we say, you know, you're making some plans. You don't share them broadly. You don't just tell everybody what it is you're planning to do because the energy that you might put into that goes into your um, talking about what you might want to do. Now, it may be um, uh, advisable to share that with some confidential, share those plans with some confidential friends or advisors who might be able to help you figure out how to develop them. But what we see here is that Krishna, they, the gopis know that Krishna is controlled by prema. He's controlled by love. Um, Guru Maharaj uh, Swami Chaparari likes to point out that there are different ways of controlling people. One way to control people is by force, by physical force. Um, this is a very crude way. Another way is by um, intimidation, uh, bullying, coercing. Um, and another way, um, the strongest way, the most powerful way is by love. When, when um, we feel someone loves us and when we love them, then it's um, almost impossible for us to do whatever we can to, um, uh, to, to satisfy them, to give them pleasure. So then Krishna, they, they imagine Krishna making some objections. Oh, if I place my feet on your breast, I fear that I will commit sin. And so they say, well, look, if those feet destroy the sins of those who are surrendered to you, which they point out in this verse, what is the question of your fearing sin? Oh, but then if I place my tender feet on your hard breasts, that will hurt my feet. And then they respond with, your feet follow the cows who go to very rough places to eat grass. If your feet can tolerate that, you can't say that our breasts are too hard. No. 
And then he said, well, it's inappropriate for me to place my feet on your breasts, which are decorated with ornaments. Your lotus feet, the abode of opulence, Srini Ketana, will be the best ornaments for your breasts. And then he imagine him saying, well, I'm afraid of your husbands. But their response would be, if you uh, were not afraid when you placed your feet on the hoods of Kaliya, which is also referenced in this verse, um, then why would you be afraid of our feeble husbands? Hmm. And then um, I think I have to skip the Sanskrit because I see the clock is ticking. Um, I want to jet ahead. Well, uh, text eight, there's something, there's a comment that's, that I think is particularly um, important. Um, oh, Lotus Eyed One, your sweet voice and charming words, which, words which attract the minds of the intelligent are bewildering us more and more. Oh, hero, please revive your maidservants with the nectar of your lips. And in his commentary, um, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur um, uh, cites a verse from Vidyabta Madhava, uh, where Krishna says, Oh, Radha, whether you are harsh or gentle to me, you are my very life, just as the Chakora bird takes shelter of the crescent moon. So <clears throat> here we see um, also Krishna's tenderness coming out. Uh, but I want to take a look at text nine um, and then um, maybe uh, run ahead to text 18 because there's something that we discussed um, among uh, my friends last night. So text nine is a very well-known verse, um, and um, it's a quite a quite a wonderful verse. So this is like in the middle um, of at least the Trishtu verses, the Svagata verses. Tapakatamritam taptajivanam kaviviriditam kalmasapam shravanamangalam shrimadatatam bhubhikrantidevhubhidajantam. The nectar of your words and the description of your activities are the life and soul of those suffering in this material world. These narrations transmitted by learned sages eradicate one's sinful reactions and bestow good fortune upon whoever hears them. These narrations are broadcast all over the world and are filled with spiritual power. Certainly those who spread the message of Godhead are most munificent. And so in his commentary, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur um, sort of restates the straightforward, uh, the plain reading um, of this verse, if you like. Um, so um, they're saying, oh, your speech is nectar. What kind of nectar? It gives life to the people being burned by samsara and the greatest diseases. Um, your name and fame are glorified devotees. The nectar of your topics just, uh, destroys the effects of all sin up to prarabdha karmas. Um, so that includes all four stages of sinful reaction, prarabdha, kutavija, and prarabdha. The nectar of svarga does not destroy sin, but rather it increases desire. So here uh, there's a, a contrast, very stark contrast being drawn between bhakti and everything else, between prema and even the most elevated um, kind of lust. So it rather it increases the desire, which is a cause for sin. The nectar of liberation does not destroy the parabdha karma 
although it does destroy the upra rebekuta and bija papa, but it can't destroy the prarabdha. But hearing about you um, does. Um, and one of the uh, in, in one of the other commentaries, I can't remember which of the acharyas now said that this does not depend on necessarily on qualification. This these topics are so powerful that um, that they, as we see in the last three point that we mentioned this before, we see in the last verse uh, of the Rasa uh, Panchatayi that not only does hearing these things not uh, create material lust in the heart, but it's so powerful that if we just hear with a little bit of faith, if we hear with the right, somewhat of the right attitude from a proper source, then this can tear out the root of sin, uh, which is the heart disease, the hridroga, uh, the lust for material pleasure, the lust for selfish pleasure. Um, so this is kind of the plain meaning. But then he says, there's another meaning where they say, if you show yourself, they're demanding that he show himself. If you show yourself, then your words will become sweet. Otherwise, your words have no meaning. Uh, they just become uh, your words and words about you, discussion of your name and form and pastimes simply become a cause of death. So they're playing with the word kathamritam. So the plain meaning, the first reading is where it's very positive. This is nectar. It gives life to the living entities. It makes them immortal. It frees them from the reactions, even to their prarabdha karma. Um, so kata, kata amrita, the, the nectar of your kata, kata amrita. But then he takes another look at that word kata amrita and he, he says, it becomes a cause of death. So he calls it kata mrita. And then they, we imagine Krishna responding, how? By those descriptions, life becomes full of pain and separation, tapta jivana. Another meaning of jivana is water. By those descriptions, we become like water sprinkled in hot oil, tapta, tapta jivana. And then um, Krishna might ask, so you see that analogy, you could draw, you know, anybody who's made halava or pakoras uh, 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 or something like that, that, where they fry something wet in oil uh, or in, in ghee or oil, then you know, you know that there's this reaction. If you drop water into the hot oil, you get these little, a little uh, kind of little explosion things. So then Krishna might ask, if that is so, then why are these descriptions praised in the scriptures? And the response would be, poets alone praise you and no one else. They describe you by habit and nothing else. By hearing about you, one develops pain in separation. And by experiencing this pain, one burns up previous sins. Though by hearing about you, the Vedic rites become indestructible. When intelligent persons see that hearing about you brings suffering, then they will no longer hear anybody who has any sense at all. When they see that hearing about you causes nothing but pain, then they will refuse to hear. So then they suggest, they would suggest, 
blind men mad after wealth, hoping that everybody else will die after hearing about you so that they can come and take their wealth. They will spend money to establish speakers of the Quranis in various places to spread topics about you. They will, people who have money and who want everybody else's money and think they can gain it by killing them, by sponsoring uh, Bhagavad Saptaha or Bhagavad, sponsoring festivals of Harikata, <clears throat> then they do this um, wherever they can so that they can um, plunder the wealth of those who've been killed by hearing your, uh, your kata. There, therefore, that person on earth who sings your glories destroys many people. Thus, by spreading the poison of these, these topics through recitation while sitting peacefully, they are actually greater killers than murderers. Thus, intelligent persons will avoid these reciters. Anybody who understands how things actually work, knows that by hearing about you, only pain and death uh, can result. So therefore, uh, they will avoid it uh, like the plague. Um, so this is, uh, and, and so they accuse those who spread the harikata um, of being mass murderers. And, um, oh, there's so much, oh, goodness, there's so much I have to skip, but um, we're um, just about out of time, and I wanted to take a look at um, the commentaries, all three commentaries on text 18, because this question, may, well, this, the question came up about the medicine um, in, um, in verse uh, 14. Uh, give us that, uh, please uh, give us a little bit of this. Um, medicine and um, this herbal drug that uh, uh, this we see different medicines being presented here. One is the sound of his flute. One is the touch of Krishna's feet. Um, and um, and Krishna object. They, you know, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur imagines Vishwanath Chakravarti uh, imagines Krishna objecting to giving them the medicine of the nectar of his lips, as they request in verse fourteen. He says, but look, attachment to family and wealth is a very unhealthy diet. How can I get, what's the point of my giving medicine to people who have such a, an awful diet? And they say, this is a remarkable medicine. It makes everyone forget all attachments to other things. It revives any person from a bad condition. We have experience of this. Therefore, you should give it to us because you are so heroic in charity. You're heroic in mercy. And the other um, Sanatan Goswami points out that this means that there's no um, qualification, actually. Um, although we are cautioned against um, too uh, casually hearing um, these topics. And so take, let's take a quick look at text 18 so that we can read the commentaries. Oh, beloved, your all auspicious appearance vanquishes the distressed of those living in the in Rajas forests. Our minds long for your association. Please give to us just a bit of that medicine which counteracts the disease in your devotees' hearts. So here we see you know, all the medicines being wrapped up into one. The glance, um, his, his glance, the touch of his lotus feet, the touch of his lotus hand, the nectar of his lips, all these things wrapped up. And um, 
uh, in this. So Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, bewildering us innocent, respectable women, you have brought us to the forest in the night. Your intention is not just to burn our life heirs with the fire of expectation, but to protect our life by giving your association. The gopis now speak of the reason for this. Your appearance is suspicious for all the inhabitants of Raja who have discrimination and it removes all sorrow. Therefore, with our minds hankering to fulfill that desire which arose in you on seeing us, without being miser, miserly, release a little something, a little of that something to us. What is that? It is medicine, the lotus of your feet, which pacifies the, desire, the disease in the breasts of your devotees. If we get that medicine for placing on our breasts, your desire will be fulfilled, and thus we can maintain our five life pairs. So we see here the selflessness of all their requests, the humility. We know that this gives pleasure to you. If, we're, if we can stay alive by seeing you, that will give pleasure to you. And by pleasing you, our um, five life heirs will be maintained. Um, well, Jiva Goswami says something quite similar, uh, and Sanatan Goswami Swami as well. Um, he's a little bit different, um, but he talks, you know, he addresses the rarity of this, um, of, of this entire business, the rarity of prema. And um, how Krishna acknowledges that the, the devotees only um, desire to give uh, a pleasure to Krishna, but especially the gopis, um, their only desire, even though it looks outwardly like um, selfish, um, uh, selfish desire, um, that it is not at all selfish, that it is actually the um, utmost in, in selflessness. So when I talk about um, uh, how we might uh, see the Rasa, uh, the Rasa Lila through um, the lens of Sharanagati, I think perhaps what we see, especially in these songs of the gopis, uh, and then we'll see next week um, in, in uh, the rest of, of uh, the Rasa Lila, um, how Krishna becomes utterly controlled by this, this love and uh, he'll assert that there's no way he could ever repay that love. He, he remains eternally um, their debtor. But since we're beyond the bottom of the hour and I am conspicuously late um, for the program in the temple, I'm gonna stop here and see if there are any quick um, comments or questions from the devotees who've come to here. There is a question on the chat, Maharaj, from Sardada. Okay, we can always count on Sharada. Uh, as in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, chapter 18, verse 67, these words must never be spoken to those who lack faith or do not want to hear. Does that this apply to these verses or well, or as well, or will it still have, um, uh, or will or will it still have a purifying effect? Well. We are cautioned not to share too broadly. Um, we are cautioned um, uh, by our acharyas, especially following Bhaktivinoda Thakur, to be careful in hearing these things, that we should hear faithfully. And, and that's how Shukadeva Goswami describes 
um, that hearing. I would not give an introductory lecture focused on the Rasa Lila or the Gopi Gita. Um, I would not at any of the temples that have them, and they're not uh, even at ISKCON centers, they're not uh, so prominent these days because we're um, still seem to be in the middle of this um, pandemic. Um, I would not at a Sunday feast lecture, um, maybe even refer um, briefly to the Rasa dance. Um, but the Acharyas uh, tell us, you know, especially in uh, their commentaries to, to a couple of these verses, that, um, that the power of these um, topics to purify doesn't really depend on the qualification of the listener. That, it's that powerful. It will have um, some effect. But at the same time, this is something um, as Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati taught us, this Raga Bhakti, the entire Raga Bhakti is something that we should keep above our heads and, and worship. So we uh, approach it uh, very uh, respectfully, not casually um, at all. That help at all, Sharda? Yes, You're thank nodding. you very much. Oh, thank, thank you very you. much. It's, it's yes. actually, it's, it's an essential question that needs to be addressed. And, you know, we addressed this the, the first week, um, you know, what's, you know, why even talk about this if it's so confidential? And part of that is just that it, it, its power um, to purify is so great. And at least we're coming together as um, aspiring devotees, and we're coming to hear uh, these topics that we discuss, that the devotees discuss all week. Um, for pleasure and purification. There are three things that happen when we engage in bhakti, uh, according to one of the Navayogendras, and I'm not good with lists, and I have a hard time. Oh, somebody sent me the chart, and I haven't actually memorized that. Uh, Sakya Rati and Sham sent me a chart, and I haven't yet memorized this chart of which of the Navayogendras is speaking which verses in the uh, 11th canto. Um, but three things happen. Um, when we engage in bhakti, just as and they happen simultaneously and progressively as we um, worship the Lord, just as three things happen simultaneously and simultaneously and progressively as we eat. So when we eat, three things happen: tushti, pushti, kshuda, paya, uh, pleasure, nourishment, and relief from hunger. So when we engage in bhakti, three corresponding things happen. Um, Bhakti Pareshanopavo and Biraktiranyatu. So we become, um, we, we, we gain pleasure um, through the bhakti that we engage in. Um, we get some experience of the Lord, even in the very beginning. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur argues for that in his commentary on that verse. Um, just as we get some pleasure and nourishment and some relief from hunger, even from the first morsel of food, um, from the first day of worshiping the Lord, Vishwanath Arkers argues strongly, and Jiva Goswami supports this, um, as we saw last month, that, um, you know, that this is such a powerful process that you get that bhakti, you get that some direct experience of the Lord. And as we engage in bhakti, we progressively become detached from, from everything else. So um, it's a kind of a yes and no answer. But, but it's a wonderful and essential question. I thank you for it. Yes, 
thank you. It's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, Akura had to leave, so we're so this is a good time, I think, um, for me to also excuse myself and uh, get over to the temple for the last singing of the Damodar Ashtakam. Um, and see if I can keep myself from getting into too much trouble. I thank you all so much for um, joining me, um, engaging me like this and joining me again today. And um, we'll see you again next week. Hare Krishna. Jai. 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 Jai.